Warning, Geesebumps is a comedy podcast based on the works of R.L. Stein. Any similarity to an actual literature podcast is coincidental and unintentional. All locked up and no place to go, Sue and her brother, Eddie, are visiting London when they run into a little problem. They can't find their tour group. Still, there's no reason to panic. No way their tour guide would just leave them all alone in a gloomy old prison tower. No way they'd get locked inside after dark with those eerie sounds and a strange dark figure who wants them dead. Based on the back, it just sounds like a basic story where parents left their kids mm-hmm. alone in the mall, but the mall is a tower. And the tower's in London. The tower's in London, and a big spooky man's chasing them. Just like when my parents left me at the mall when I was eight. Yes, just like my mom used to intentionally try to lose me at the mall from ages one through probably about 15. I used to think that I was abandoned at the mall a lot, but then I realized... I just like wandering away from anyone who's near me. It's not abandoned if you do it yourself, kids. Welcome to... Goosebumps. Hey, did you mean Goosebumps podcast? My name is Danielle. I have a PhD. Did you say podcast? It sounded like podcast, which I kind of like. I did, but I was hoping that we could just like go just glance. I'm I'm Jojo. Yeah, I'm Jojo and I have a PhD. I'm Jeff and I want to go back to this podcast idea because let me tell you. It's not the worst thing I've ever said. Is it soda it's, based? It sounds like here's here's what I'm gonna say. Yeah. As as, a, as, a, as somebody who does look at TikTok, it sounds like the new TikTok. Dude. Ooh. Okay. Yes. Yeah. How do we mark? Like, let let's break down what Popcast is. Let's start making money, bitches. Let's start making some money, bitches. Okay. So Popcast, there's gonna the the app is gonna have a big P with a fishing net. Or a fishing pole, you know, a pee with a fishing pole, and the kids—they'll think it's funny. You're talking think cast is in a literal casting of yeah, a fishing exactly. Pole. Like- no, 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 because no, because but it's gonna look so fucking funny though, Jeff. It's gonna look so fucking funny. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna fucking laugh their dicks off. It's gonna be so funny. And then here's what we do: then- we're, we're we're gonna repurpose assets, and it's going to be the logo will have it'll look similar to Animal Crossing. Ooh. And then that looks the, all the avatars are Animal Crossing. Yeah, and then also for some reason Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, you gotta. Well, you have to unlock Calvin with with money. You, yeah, you if don't you just you pay for Calvin with money, he's the he's the transaction. And then all and then all of the videos are called pops. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna release a pop, and, and you can or be, you can cast it to your. You can live. You can live cast. You can live cast. Oh, yeah, that's dude. right. To find other chums. That's what we call friends on podcast. Yeah, because it's all about chums. fishing. That's right. It's all fishing. Theme. Oh fuck, that's good. It's all about. It's well. It, it's you think it's all about fishing. It's just how we get we how we get Middle America involved. Exactly. In we we reel them in. We catfish them, if you will. We reel them in. You see, they think they're making fun content, but what they really are is they're stepping into 
you know, the lobster pot that is giving us all of your data. Yeah. Yes. Which will be sold immediately overseas. Hard core sold. Yeah. To anyone who could use that data. I'd sell it to Pizza Hut, actually. Dude, I, I'd sell it. I would sell it to the squirrel outside on the porch. I, if you give me money for it. Yeah, if you give, if that squirrel has money, I'll take that squirrel's money. So, like That's all right. these idiots out here trying to be like TikTok influencers. Meanwhile, we're over here taking money from squirrels. Give in your data, taking all the nuts from the squirrels. Okay. Yeah. And the squirrel is because my avatar looks like a squirrel from Animal Crossing. We call squirrels instead of marks. We call people that we're taking money from squirrels. Yes. We got to net the whales. Yeah. The whales are our big influencers. We're not going to call you influencers. You are whales. Whales. You yeah. are a whale. Yeah. Just yes. like we're a casino, motherfucker. And there's not a whole lot of you because you're endangered because you're so important. People are trying to come you. are you. so important. You are worth you so much are. to us, monetarily speaking. Yes. And instead of followers for our whales, they've got barnacles because they're attached to them. They got barnacles because you are attached to them in a parasocial <laughs> or even parasitic relationship. Might I suggest that I prefer suckerfish? You okay? Okay, because a suckerfish is born every minute, <laughs> or or a pilot fish. But those are our those are our young influencers who are those they're are being. The um, th- this is the this is the podcast pilot fish program. If you do well, <laughs> you get a little bobber by your name. But your ratio has to be right to get the bobber. And right? and it sounds counterintuitive, but you gotta avoid that that easy to grab worm. You That's know, right. some of that content's just there dangling in front yeah. of you. Yeah, you know, you can't you can't do dangle for dangle. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't work. No, it just fucks up your ratio. And I think that what 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 Popcast is really going to do, what what really these other platforms aren't, is finally, finally, we're going to be accessing the dark web, aka the Marianas Trench. The deeper you go, we're we're brave enough to go down deep into the parts of the... Are you brave enough to load up in that dark web submersible application? Here at Popcast, every pop that you sell is immediately added to the Ethereum blockchain. Yes, it is. <laughs> Meaning so, that you can not only be a content creator, mm-hmm. you can be a content owner... Yes. And you can content for cash. Yeah. You could actually sell your suckerfish following as Bitcoin. You can you get to you will be able to mint your followers. That's right. Just into print them out. coin 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 alerts. Into, we call them. into what would the what would be the, the monetary, what would our Bitcoin be for sand dollars, obviously. Sand dollars. Yeah. So, or silver dollars. Or both. So what we're here's what we at Geese Bumps are saying. All content is bad. Yes. <laughs> including this. Including Especially this, this thing <laughs> that, that you have right now. that is in your ears. It's all terrible. Well, now that we've jerked ourselves off with our comedy for the last Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did. We howdy. Jeff, did we do we even know who you are yet? <laughs> I think yeah, we did I said, that part. I said it earlier. Yeah, we did that part. It was just so long ago that we forgot. We did about that it. part. So, so now I, you know what? I think, I think here's what. I, okay, wait a minute. And then Danielle did the synopsis. <laughs> oh, oh no, Jesus. we haven't even said the book that we read yet. The book that they read and I didn't is Goosebumps number twenty-seven, A Night in Terror Tower by one Ruben Slarsdon Stein. <laughs> That's not their name. Oh, do you want to bet? I do want to bet. 
How much? Well, I don't know anything about this book, so I can't do anything about it. Yeah, Night in Terror. Now, if you haven't caught up, you didn't listen to our last episode, which a lot of people were very happy to hear us back, which was very nice. Uh, but we did uh, have a new format where one of, we not, only one of us technically has to read the book, which JoJo took to heart for this episode. I did pay. I, hey, hey, we live in a society. Well, this one's mine. This one's mine. This is I. I picked this book. This mm-hmm. is my episode, so everyone can fuck off. Yep, prepared to. Um, this book, A Night in Terror Tower. What number is this, Joe? I forget. Twenty-seven. Twenty-seven. I'd say twenty-seven. You said twenty-seven. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, this is one that I think gets a lot of acclaim. That's it. Uh, that's it. That's the whole synopsis. Um, so wait, 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 back it up. Cause I'm, I'm already doubting you. Okay. I, I well, I'll, let me give the quick, the snapshot synopsis. Okay. So nine Terra tower is about two kids, Sue and Eddie. They're in London, yield London town. They're doing the whole tourist thing, uh, go into different places cause their parents are there for a conference. So they're off on their own and they go and visit, the Terror Tower, which is like an old castle that they do tours of, and it was basically a place where prisoners were held back in a non a non a non specific period of time. Yes, a very non specific. It's period not of time. the Tower of London. It's not the Tower of London. No. Well, it is, but it's not. It, it, it is, but they couldn't use the Tower of yes. London with with uh, the horrible things they say about what this. with right. the Queen and all. What with the Queen and all? This book knew that she would one day die. And come for them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Die and come for them. So um, they're going on tour and they find out, aside from this place being like a smorgasbord of like torture devices, which they go into in depth, uh, they find out that there's a a cell in the tower at the top where apparently a a young prince and princess were kept uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And then they were smothered to death by their uncle who wanted them out of the picture so he could be king. And they were like, that's, oh, that's that is how that works. Yes, smother them with works. pillows. That's a what happened. Ye old way of killing your family is with pillows back in yeah. whatever period of time that it was. Um, and they're like, oh, that's really creepy. And as they're walking around the tower, they get this really creepy guy in a hat and a cape who's following them around. Um, they lose their tour group. They're lost in the tower, and this guy's chasing them. He chases them through the sewer. He's like, you got to come with me. And they're like, no. They escape the tower. Um, they get into a taxi. They go back yep. to their hotel in the middle of London. Um, when they get there, they're trying to find their mom and dad, but they find out, ooh, what's that? There's no conference that was happening. What's that? We can't pay the taxi driver because these coins we have aren't aren't British doubloons or whatever it is they use over there. <laughs> and the taxi driver's mad. So they go in the hotel. They're just like, Hey, we need to get to our room. They go in the room. There's nothing in the room that wow. they went to. There's no mom and there's no mom and dad. And then the, the person at the front desk is like, well, what's your guys's last name? So I can look you up. And they're like, uh Oh, we don't know our last names. Oh no. So they're, they're, they're obviously having, they've had strokes at some point and yeah. they're having memory issues. Yeah. Um, they uh, see the taxi driver who's coming after him again. They escape, and then, unfortunately, they run into the man in the cape who finds them. He uses these three white stones to do kind of a spell, and then zap. They're now back in a nondescript year, assumedly like a medieval period of time, I guess. very confusing. Very confusing, um, where now they are back in the past. And I don't know if you could tell where this is going, JoJo. I... I bel- I think I know. Okay, they it's, are the they were the 
they were the prince and princess, and the and the man with the cloak and hat was a wizard. So no, almost you're half right. You, so they were. You got most of it right. They go back in time, and the, the, the Lord High Executioner is the guy who's been chasing them down, trying to bring them back to the past. They get locked up in the tower, which is now probably pretty cool looking because it's modern, right? It doesn't have wear and tear right, on it. It is, and uh, they find out that Merlin. Sorry, not Merlin. Morgred, yes. the sorcerer. Uh sent them forward in time as far as he could, which apparently that is the year 1993, to get away from the tower to save them and wipe hmm. their memories and didn't send a guardian with them. Just sent these two kids to the future. Do they come back to the past? <laughs> so now they're back in the past where that's where they're at now. At the end, they've been, they were brought back by the man in the cape who is the Lord High Executioner. He locks them back up. The sorcerer goes to see them. He's just like, oh, fuck, you guys are back. I sent you to the future to try and save you. But apparently when I did my spell, the Lord High Executioner just saw me and copied me. And he went forward in time to find you, to bring you back. He didn't just say that, did he? He did say that. He did say it's that. In, yes. yes, he did say that. <laughs> okay. And then they're like, oh, shit. Well, I guess we're going to die. Can you do it again, Morgret? And he's just like, sorry, bros. I can only do he's one like, per he, customer. He says, sorry, bros. Um, if I do that, they'll know I did it and then they'll kill me. And then I can't be a cool wizard for the rest of Britannia. For the next five years of my short life, because I am already quite old. He's already quite old. At the beginning of the book, we find out that Eddie, the younger brother, is a pickpocket. And at various points, he pickpockets those stones that are magical to no real avail until the end, he pickpockets them off of Morgred and uses them to send them back into the future, to the year 1993, where they are in the tower again. And this time, they brought Morgrid with them. Cool. Who is now a modern-day wizard, and now they're just a happy family living in modern-day London. Even though he is not related to them. No. As far as we know, no. And also, when they transport future into the future, I guess they have clothes. Also, the kids are American. Yes, they are American. Okay, okay. So we'll get into specifics okay, I once I get into it, but but he, it's it's very much a you. They see the the whole plot in the very beginning. You immediately know when they say, "Oh, it's young Prince Edward." Edward and Susanna. Susanna, and you're where like, we have Eddie and, Sue. and Susie. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, what Gee, a coincidence! Can I put this together? What a coinky dink. Was that was that clear enough for you, Joe? Someone who I mean, it's fine. I I I think I I kind of get it. Yeah. It's there. There we're from the. It's basically a knight's tale. Yes. So, yes. With Christina Applegate. So so that's the that's the the overall plot is kids from the past are in the future. It's like an isekai, but not really because they have modern day memories still. Nothing is surprising to them, but they are from the past. They were sent to the future to avoid <laughs> being murdered. Which I would say, like, if you're sent to the future and you just disappear from the past that's like being murdered i know so right it, it sort of it like takes away from the need for them to just kill them <laughs> they could just be like oh they're, they're just uh, gone now. they're just gone now yeah. i guess we got what we wanted but and then kids go back in time and then the kids go forward in time to live out their idyllic 90s uh lifestyle with their wacky wizard grandpa perfect yes 
It sounds like it sounds like quite a quite a delight. This this uh, night and terror tower. Night and night and terror. <laughs> and unfortunately, the name misleading. They only spend a little bit of time in terror tower. It sounds kind of like they're only there for like the day, a, a a day trip to terror. They're tower. there until six p.m. and then they leave. So I would not e- even call that night. I would say. no. Joe did RL. Why would RL have talked to me? Well, as, well, we've read his books. He doesn't seem to do things that make a lot of sense. So he did not talk to me. Okay. Because, and I, I will point this out. I don't know what this one's about. And if I don't know, RL doesn't know because that was the curse. Gotcha. <laughs> Daniel, did RL speak to you at all? Uh, he apologized, but it wasn't enough. Just in general. Just yeah. in general. My bad. <laughs> okay. I did receive, I did receive a missive. Oh, I telegram. knew you were going to say missive. Yeah, I did receive a missive from RL. <laughs> it's, just, it's like it's different than like you couldn't I'm, say text With this message. tone of well, voice. I say missive, but actually more specifically, it's a telegram. Hell yeah. And Hell now, yeah. In it, this economy. In this economy. Mm-hmm. Well, so here's the thing. This telegram, I don't know if you've seen Back to the Future, but this no. telegram, it's dated for 1852. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah. So this telegram, I, I was sitting here in my, my, my skivvies at my computer desk. As you do. And the door, there's a knock at the door earlier. And it was a, a guy and he was just like, Jeff Brown. Telegram. And I was just like, yeah, that's me. He's just like, oh, I didn't think. He's like, we've had this telegram in our possession at the post office for, well, 150 years. And I was just like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Cool. And so, so it, was, it was from one R.L. Stein. Oh. Dated from 1852 to this address that I live at that I'm not going to say on this podcast. Perfect. Uh, at this specific day, and that they would find me here uh, just hanging out. And wow. uh, I, I took it. And let me tell you, it's a pretty long telegram, though. Um, I can read it to you if you like. Please do. Yes. That's, that sounds good, Jeff. Let, okay. let, us, let us hear the words of our, of our genius. Our helper. Lord and Savior. So this is from R.L. Stein. And in parentheses, um, it says... Um, rope lasso and Stein. Oh, rope lasso and okay. rope lasso and Stein because he's catching all the flies with honey. And yeah, rope. well, it, it's I, I gotta say, I think he may have gone back in time and become a cowboy. I don't want to say this Perfect. for sure. Yeah. yeah, it says, and I'm gonna, it says there's explicit instructions. I have to do this in a cowboy drawl. Why, well, hey there, uh, Jojo, <laughs> Danielle. Why is he addressing us, even though the letter was to Jeff? But do go on, He's like, narrator. And Jeff, Jeff, uh, you may be reading this aloud to JoJo. He's going to ask some sort of asinine <laughs> question. You just tell him right there that this is Rope Lasso and Stein, and he should just shut his mouth. Because as you can tell by this telegram, I am back in the past through no means of my own, but through a wizard mm. that I cannot, for specific reasons, call Merlin... Oh, sure. I will call him Morgrid. Uh, I was spirited back to the year 1852, where I've taken up a simple life. What kind of life? Wrangling. Well, thank you for asking. I know Danielle probably asked what kind of life, because I know your cadence, Jeff, and you probably paused (laughs) when you said a life. So do you tell her that it's a simple life? I'm out here as a ranch hand. What is that? What does a ranch hand do? Yeah. I don't know why I'm what asking you, a telegram. What does a ranch need hands for? It says, I'll here is a ranch hand. The parentheses is just like, uh, I'm, it's like a grip. It's like a grip for farms. You know, like on film sets, it's like a grip. You just carry things around. Ah, uh, okay. Gotcha. Oh. Gotcha. It's like the best boy. Yeah. But if the best boy did stuff with cows. Yes. It's like the best, the best cowboy. Dude, you Fuck, can carry cows. did it. <laughs> 
We did it. Anyways, I could tell that you're all probably rabbling around what this telegram is saying. So I'm going to get to the point because I know for some specific reason that you've read one of my future books. Mm. Anyways, I know that y'all read that Tower, not in the Tower of Terror book that I had written so far in the future, but my past. Time travel's tricky. And I wanted to tell y'all a little bit about what that book is is and what it is about because it's right dang clear to me that this here yarn of a tale of trauma and the ways that people cope or fail to cope with the horrific things that happen to them in their lives now i assume that jojo did not read the book because he created this conceit for your show now which i'm not sure i agree with entirely also joe can't read and joe i'm assuming can't read here's the thing danielle and i know you probably said that right now is that lots of people in this time period don't really (laughs) know how to read so i'm like a god to them that's right (laughs) Throughout the book, we see Sue and her brother Eddie running literally from their past. The actual past, which is where I'm at right now. A place that is described as dirty, terrible, full of people wearing rags and the terror tower. A place that Sue constantly internally monologues about stating how, quote, real people live there. There was real torture and there was real deaths. She's constantly haunted by a place and time that she experienced but cannot remember. The thing's buried deep down in her psyche that whether via magic from a sorcerer named Morgred or her inability to cope with the trauma of her past, she can't remember or face outright. Being unable to face and work through her PS- PTSD, which doesn't exist in this time period, they don't believe in it, results in behavioral outbursts <laughs> as well, both from her and her brother Eddie, who constantly riles up Eddie. And afterwards, every time she does this, says to us, the audience, I don't know why I did do it. I don't know why I just did that. Her actions are a response to untreated trauma. Eddie also struggles with behavioral outbursts, bits of anxiety as everything scares him. And while his bouts of pickpocketing are great for the story beats, they're obvious signs of a young boy acting out in the face of emotional struggle. So, uh, terror tower, more like trauma tower, am I right? I mean, that's surprisingly insightful for a man who... Gets his history from Monty Python. Yes. Did the telegram leave a beat for the Am I Right? No, that was me. I'm just bad at comedy. Gotcha. Well, Jeff and Jojo and uh, Danielle, I hope that the future's kind to you. I'm going to just stay here back in the past. I don't think I'll be able to come back to the future anytime soon or until two weeks from now when you probably have to read another book. Or maybe Jojo won't. Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) None of us can tell. Uh, all right. Well, that was a telegram. So I guess it's a story about trauma. Okay. And, all right. and, and being unable to cope with trauma. Yes. Yeah. I feel very attacked. Yeah. Look, we, I'm did just, ag- I'm just, we did agree on the format. <laughs> we did. We did. I'm just we the messenger. All said, I'm, said, I, we all said, hey, this sounds like a good way to do this. <laughs> I feel very attacked for having availed myself of it. <laughs> this thing that we agreed on. So fuck you. <laughs> so I kind of already went through uh, the the overall plot, and and really nothing much happens. Just like every other Goosebumps book. Do you have Do you have a passage? Okay. Well, so so here, and it, I already run into issues because I think again, RL kind of started talking about this book and and writing it, and then didn't really think about the ramifications of the plot twist, quote unquote, at the end would have on everything he says at the beginning of the book. Because what you need to remember is that these are children from the past. Right. Right. And and they were sent forward in time without an adult or money or a place to live 
or <laughs> I mean, presumably they've only been there for like 15 minutes. Well, it's hard to tell because I'll read this to you. So this is chapter one. This is page two for me. They are out now at Terror Tower. So uh, a lot of inner monologue from Sue, who Sue is the main character. Sue is the, the 12 year old and Eddie is the 10 year old. So therefore, Eddie is a secondary character. Uh, they're at uh, Terror Tower. A perfect London day, I thought. A perfect day to visit the famous Terror Tower. This was our first day in England. What a rude, by the way, before you go on, what a rude thing to say. Because if they, the paragraph right above that says storm clouds hovered overhead. Yeah, it does it say that. It doesn't feel like spring. It's, it's heavy and cold. It's it, raining. It says the air was heavy and cold. Rain dropped my cheek. Ah, perfect London weather, I thought. A perfect day to visit the famous Terror Tower. There is a lot of shade being thrown at London. Oh, I think RL hates London. I get the sense. So this was our first day in England and Eddie and I had been sightseeing all over London. Our parents had to be at a conference at our hotel. So they signed us up with a tour group and off we went. We toured the British Museum, walked through Harrods department store. I don't know what that is. It's a famous department store. Oh, visited West. Is it like Best Buy, but for Brits? Sure. Yes. Okay. Visited Westminster Abbey and I'm almost going to mispronounce this Trafalgar. No, you got it. Trafalgar Square. Mm -hmm. It's a weird name. For lunch, we had bangers and mash. For those who don't know, in parentheses, sausages and mashed potatoes. That's for breakfast, asshole. At a real English pub. Then the tour group took a great bus ride, sitting on top of a bright red double-decker bus. A great? A fan-fucking-tastic. The bus, listen, this bus, you it was, you're not even going to believe it. This bus had stairs in it. And Best not bus. just the ones to get off of the street. I thought I was going into side, inside someone's house because there were stairs. I thought this was how the Valkyries were going to carry me across that rainbow bridge. But it was just the London bridge yeah. and I was going, you know, to the hospital. And we were going, well, here's the thing, 35 miles an hour, but in ye olde London time... That's like 50 kilometers. That's like 50 that's kilometers so per that's hour. so many fucking that's kilometers. so many kilometers. I don't think I've ever walked it. I don't ever know what a kilometer was before I got here. Mm. I've never been to a kilometer before. How many kilometers you guys got here? If the... What? So, wait a minute. So, the so they do kilometers now, but right. they started with feet. Yes. I cool. Yeah. Actually, they started with stone. Shut up. They still use stone. <laughs> they still use stone. I don't, know what to, I don't know how much stone is. I don't know how much a stone weighs. How many pounds? But also you guys don't use pounds. How many kilos is it? Fuck. Yeah. None of it makes any sense. None of it makes any sense. How many hands high <laughs> is this bus? How many apples tall is this bus? Oh, God. So many apples. Danielle and I were, were talking about this and I wanted to ask you, Joe, uh -huh. do you think how long before he wrote this book, do you think RL took a trip to London? Mm. So you're thinking that, <laughs> that this was, so it was RL who was abandoned by his tour group. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Yeah. And this was his. Intentionally. So, a man lost in time. A man out of time mm -hmm. in London. And he said, this would be a good spooky story. You know, I imagine the world traveler time bandit that is R.L. Stein probably did have quite a trip to London at some point, both in the future and already happened. Yes. Yes. So I'm, I'm sure actually probably fairly recently, although... He, I would say he probably just Googled London stuff, but I don't think that existed. That very basic London. Well, no, Google didn't exist in '93. Well, the way that he describes it. it so does what do we seem... know? What do we know about London? Oh the man, the British Museum, right? Westminster Abbey. I know that one. Hell, that Harris. is. 
Trafalgar Square. They didn't say Big Ben. They could have said Big Ben. Double double decker. Well, he did want to mm-hmm. say Big Ben because then it, then it, for sure he has an encyclopedia open. <laughs> he didn't talk about the phone booths or anything. He didn't say he met Doctor Who. He nope. didn't say he met Doctor mm-hmm. Who. He did, however, say he met Doctor Whom. Yes. That pedant. And Doctor Who's, but Doctor Who. That's a, that's the owl that like teaches you how to count. Uh, Yes, he he also probably yeah it's probably fairly fairly recent. He probably wrote this with a British accent. Yeah, he did. Oh, a thousand fucking percent. So you you've got to say you've got to say it with that accent. It's very quintessential. Like visiting, if we were to go and visit London, like this. Oh, uh, it's a London. The two buses. You got the tower. You got the bangers and mesh. What do you want? We, I, me and my brother, who's ten, we went down to the pub and had a pint or two. We watched the football match, which is what they call soccer here. They didn't yeah, even make go a soccer. Manchester. They didn't even make a soccer joke there. They no, made a soccer no. Joke. There's no football in well, there. Well, again, at all. remembering these Beef children. Eaters. Yeah. So the kids are in the tower. They're led by Mr. Starks, who is their tour guide. So they're walking around, and this is chapter three. Is um, Mr. Starks is leading the group, and they're looking at all of these devices of torture. And uh, most Goosebumps books aren't like super explicit in like their violence. It's always cartoonish. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing really like anyone's life is in mortal danger. Um, even though with most of the beatings that the kids take from bullies in these books, they would be dead or oh, yeah. some sort of brain hemorrhaging. Permanent, damage, permanent trauma. Brain damage. So chapter three, um, they're inside. Uh, I could see several, this is first page chapter three. I could see several display cases against the wall. Mr. Starks led the way to a large wooden structure in the center of the room. The group huddled around him. This is the rack, he proclaimed waving his red pennant at it, which I'm assuming the red pennant is like a little flag he has in yeah. the air so you can find him. You know, him. tour guide. Yeah. Tour guide stuff. Wow, it's real, I whispered to Eddie. <laughs> I'd seen big torture devices like this in the movies and comic books, but I never thought they really existed. A oh, sweet, innocent child. The prisoner was forced to lie down here, Mr. Starks continued. His arms and legs were strapped down. When that big wheel was turned, the ropes pulled his arms and legs, stretching them tight. He pointed to the big wooden wheel. Turn the wheel more, and the ropes pull tighter, Mr. Stark said his eyes twinkling merrily. Sometimes the wheel was turned and the prisoner was stretched and stretched until his bones were pulled right out of their sockets. Goddamn. Goddamn. Mr. Starks is really digging this And shit. then, and then, R- and then this is, this adds proof to, to the theory that R.L. Stein did just come back from vacation because <laughs> yes. it says here, I believe that is what is called doing a long stretch. Yes. Ah. Mr. Starks is a stand-in for R.L. Stein yes, or absolutely. Jovial Bob. Jovial Bob is here. In do you course. think do you think that R.L. would have done kind of how we do where we say something funny and no one responds? We're just like we're not we're not moving on. Yeah, yeah. No, guys, hang We've on. We've gotta talk Stop. about this thing. Yeah. Yeah. When I exist and you guys funny. need to acknowledge my existence. Goddamn right. right you do. It's so fucking funny and you're gonna laugh. Yeah, you guys are gonna appreciate this, god damn it. All of these devi- all of these devices of torture, which are just like there. There's nothing like really out of reach. Like the kids touch various things. Oh yeah, they're all touching the thumb screws and the shit. Past, the past must come alive. Yes, and you do that by and, touching and, things. And then so Jeff, this is it. See, Jeff, this is what I'm talking about. See, they're already the kid the past has come alive because the kids from the past yeah. have come are alive. Yes. And they're looking at, oh, it's the rack. I saw one of those. Yeah. In my mind. Three pages in the chapter five. They get to the cell. 
at the top of the tower. After climbing for what seemed like hours, we stopped on a landing. Straight ahead of us was a small, dark cell behind metal bars. This is a cell in which political prisoners were held, Mr. Starks told us. Enemies of the king were brought here. You could see it was not the most comfortable place in the world. <laughs> Moving closer, I saw the cell contained only a small stone bench and a wooden writing table, which is nice. They gave you a writing table. Well, you have to, you have to be able to write out I will never do this again. <laughs> it was like Bart Simpson's yes. um, <laughs> like chalkboard. For the Gosh, <laughs> I promise I'm never going to ask to eat lettuce again. I'll just pick at the rags. What happened to these prisoners? A white woman asked Mr. Starks. Did they stay in the cell for years and years? No, most of them were beheaded. So so here's this room, and everyone who was in like, died by beheading. Not in the room. The room just sucks. <laughs> so they're just, here's the shitty room. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, I, 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 he must have based it on something, because it is like, here's the room we help political prisoners. They were beheaded, except for the two kids who were here. They were smothered with pillows. <laughs> I mean, like, they're children. You can't just cut off the heads of children. Yeah, I would easy. say, Danielle, it is easier to cut off the heads of children. Do you know how embarrassing, do you know how embarrassing it is to miss the knacks? Dude, if you have to take two swings at a child's neck. And kids got such, kids have such tiny, hard to track necks. Yeah, they are. They're so, it's. Their strike zone is significantly small. It is hard to hit that strike zone. And they've had so much sugar. So they're they're just jumping they're so around. Hyper. They're just jumping around. This is a, this is the same chapter. Chapter five is right after what I just said. Uh this is the tower room where a young prince and princess were brought. Mr. Starks continued solemnly. It was the early 15th century. Oh, they do say the century, Danielle. Oh, what did they say? They said the early 15th century. Huh. Which makes a lot of the other stuff we're going to read later on not make a lot of sense. But yeah, yeah, it does. The prince and princess, Edward and Susanna of York, were locked in this tiny tower cell. He waved the red pen in a circle. And we all followed it, gazing around the small cold room. It's sort of like a, it's like a toy he like waves at them. Imagine two children grabbed away from their home, locked away in the drab chill of the cell in the top of a tower. Mr. Stark's voice remained just above a whisper. The prince and princess weren't up here for very long, Mr. Starks continued, lowering the pennant to his side. That night, while they slept, the Lord High Executioner and his men crept up the stairs. Their orders were to smother the two children, to keep the prince and princess. What? Why would they creep? <laughs> <laughs> They're kids. What are they going to do? They're not going to get in trouble for doing what the king said to do or what whoever it was at the time. It's like, uh, oh, what you doing? Nothing. Kind of looks like you're gonna smother us. No, no, no. You go back. You go back to bed. And yeah. It's like okay. we just wanted to see if you were having a nightmare about being smothered. Yeah, about being smothered, right? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> there is this this cloaked man who is chasing after them now in the tower. The 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 they have lost track of their tour group, um, and. We get to uh, chapter 11. It's a lot of yakety sacks, Scooby-Doo type of situation where they're running up the stairs. And then 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 they're running up the stairs. And it goes on forever. It's just a lot of running up so the I'm stairs. So I'm looking at chapter 11. And this chapter 11 is where something big happens. Yeah. It says here there's rats in it. Now, don't do elaborate. These rats are the heroes of the story. So chapter 11, they have managed to get down into what is effectively like a Ninja Turtles-esque sewer. Yes. Where it is a large tunnel. They don't say whether or not there's pee-pee and poo-poo there. But we know that it's a sewer. It's safe to assume. That's what is. Yeah, that there is pee-pee and poo-poo there. Yeah. Right. Now, whether it is new pee-pee poo-poo or it is... I mean, what do you think the rats are eating? Yeah. Medi- <laughs> 
Is that what rats eat? Yep, pee-pee-poo-poo. I'm just, you know what, Danielle, you sound about that you might have as as good a handle on what rats are as R.L. Stein does in this <laughs> chapter. <laughs> chapter 11, it starts off, the man is down there chasing after him in the sewer. Uh, first line, I ducked out of the caped man's grasp with another frightened groan. I grabbed a flashlight off the floor. I plan to use it as a weapon or shine it in the cape man's eyes like in Dead by Daylight. Yeah, make Just, them drop the person they're carrying. Yeah, it's a grief remove. Or swing it at his head, you know. Yeah, whatever works. Murder this man with his flashlight. A little bit of A, a little bit of B. But I didn't get a chance. I froze in horror as the beam of light bounced down the tunnel and I saw the rats. Oh, dear. Hundreds of them. Hundreds of chittering gray rats. Wait, how many? Hundreds. One more time. One, more than 100. Whoa. Because it's an S at the end. So, assumedly, it's more than just multiple a single hundred. It's multiple Many hundreds. hundreds. Many hundreds. But not, not a thousand. Yeah. Right. Joe, can you pick up where I just ended and give me a description that Arl, read me the description Arl Stein gives us about how these rats be coming at the kids. They pulled their scrawny bodies over the hard floor. Their tails slithered behind them like dark snakes. Also, <laughs> also, also, they could hear the swish of their sweeping tails and the tap, tap, tap of their long toenails. Don't forget that they were snapping their jaws hungrily and gnashing their jagged teeth. Yeah, and don't forget, both of you, that they were scrabbling. And they... And they scratched at, at uh, they scratched at the legs with sharp claws and kept coming. In case you were wondering if the scratching was enough to state their bloodlust, no, it, it was not. No, 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 no. Now here's a term on page forty four because I guess they're just trying to get away from this title. I think the term they use is tidal wave of a rats. living tidal wave of rats. A tidal wave of rats. Yes. A churning sea of whistling, chewing red eyed rats. Scrabbling sea coming at me. Yeah. Go. The, the rats, okay, so the, uh, the wide-brimmed hat, there was a hat. And a rat? Yeah, and a rat. <laughs> flew the rat off wearing of, the hat? I think, okay, so Caped Man is giving me, like, real Zorro vibes. Yeah. He's, he's giving me D from Vampire Hunter D yeah. vibes. A dozen rats pounced on it, like, the fuck is this shit, and yeah. then ripped it apart like it's a zombie attack. <laughs> yes. Then... The man's footsteps echoed in the tunnel as he ran faster. The rats leapt at his cape, clawing it, snapping their jaws, and a second later, he disappeared around the curve of the sewer. Don't forget that they were shrieking excitedly. Yeah. Shrieking. Danielle, Danielle, I'm getting to it. Shrieking. They vanished around the curve. So now, this is off camera. (laughs) (laughs) There is a roar of horror, and then the roar faded into the dif- distance. Allegedly, Caped Man runs out of sight and is eaten yeah. alive. That's where you see like the shadow <laughs> cast on the wall of just the man getting tackled by rats. And Eddie says, and I love this. This is a good after the kill. Eddie says... That was a close call. Yeah. Well, and can you and, and just to make it clear, these rats, these it's a it's a tunnel, so it's an enclosed space. The kids managed to avoid the rat incursion. Yeah. They they grabbed a pipe or something. They literally jumped up and grabbed what was, I guess, sort of like a monkey bar yeah, handle like, of some sort. Yeah, just monkey bars. And they 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 with their ten and twelve year old body strength, their upper body strength, managed to hang there while a deluge of rats swarmed past them. Yeah. Ate, ate a man's Shrieking, hat. Shrieking, gnashing teeth. 
Ate a man's ate, ate a man's hat just to show how serious they were yeah. about eating his just flesh and bones. As a power they were like, you know what's going to happen to you, and then they pointed the and hat. They were and, like, and they scrabbled and they ate it. They're just like, that's going to be you in a minute. Yeah, we're going to eat you next. Yeah. So if I didn't know that this book was um, about time travel and like a prince and princess that were uh, displaced and trying to avoid getting murdered, I think the 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 the, the monster of this book at this point. Might be rats. rats. It's it definitely be rats. rats. It could <laughs> be rats. Might be this literal three-page description, like that. Not more than three pages, it's, at least for it me. Goes, it's like a whole chapter, so, at least. The, yeah. The, so this this escape from sewer is very good. But you know what's even better? Well, and and I I I, I gotta take us up to page forty-six in the same chapter because a lot of shit happens apparently in this end of the first third of the book. Yeah, finally. because they because they leave the tower which is on the name of the book, yeah. which is weird because there's yes. a lot of book left. Yeah. It's like a night at Terror Tower and other stuff if we have time, which we will. So they get out of the sewer and then they climb out up to the cold, damp night, but they didn't care because the air smelled so fresh and clean. Yes, that wonderful London, London air. air. Thames. Notoriously mm. fresh. Yes. They were out of the sewer, out of Terror Tower, away from the frightening... Man in the black cape. Hey, what about the rats? Yeah, the guy's not yeah. as important to me now that I've seen a, a literal wall of rats eat yeah. a hat. Like, fuck that guy. Every time I put a hat on now, me like, oh, I'm gonna God. Be, I'm going to check it for rats. I'm going to check it for rats. I'm gonna, and I'm, when I see a rat, when I'm wearing a hat, I'm going to be like, oh, shit, I have to cross the street now. Without stopping, I glanced back at the old castle. The moonlight shone off the jetting towers. Is it is it a castle or is it a tower? The moonlight shone off the jetting towers as if casting them in a pale spotlight because that's how light works. Yeah. Real people walked on this path hundreds of years ago, I thought, and real people died in that tower. With a shiver, I turned back and kept jogging. Eddie and I moved through the open gate out of the past wall. We're back in modern times, I thought. Mm. We, Why we were always you, in modern a, times. We were never not there. <laughs> But like I thought when they were going to get out, I was just like, oh, no, they're going to be in the past now. And guess what? They're not. They are not. Now they're just now we have the nightmarish horror of, well, shit, I missed my bus. Yeah, we're we're children alone at night. Yeah. And everyone's kind of mean to us for some reason. And everyone is kind of a dick. So in chapter 12 now. Is now they're getting home. Yeah. <laughs> so so chat. So if you watched Home Alone two and you got to the end and then the movie just kept going for like another hour, <laughs> that's what the rest of this book is sort of like. <laughs> so the uh, the next the, so now they're just like we got to get back. We got to get back uh, to the hotel, and the book could have just end now. <laughs> like, yes, and I was kind of hoping that it would. It did not. So, Danielle, what happens? Do you, do you recall what happens next, Danielle, as we move into the next? Because, Danielle, if you don't recall what happens, I could probably figure it out. Because <laughs> well, it's, at as... this point, it's not even really like horror anymore. No. It's just like. It's just banal. That, that's, this, is the, this is not even technically the middle. Of, we're kind of getting so, to the middle of the book okay, now. Okay. In the, we've had to split this episode into two different pieces. Yeah. And, and one of the things that we speculated in part one was did R.L. Stein just go on a vacation and make that the book? Yeah. Right. So at first I was like, I don't know. That seems like a cheap shot on old geese bumps part. But here we have in chapter 12 and, and part of 13, right? Yeah. So they're trying to leave 
Terror Tower. They go to a guard. Who's there? Who's just there, because obviously. And the guard says, well, you got to leave now. We're closed. You, you crazy, you crazy kids. Um, I've been hearing that the kids are all right and I tend to believe it. So I don't know what you're talking about. So they, they, they call a taxi, right? The yeah. taxi comes, drives them where we're assuming where they need to go. Yeah. Well, they, they know the name of the hotel, which I, what was it? Do you remember what it was? Down the, the Barclay. The, the Barclay. Barclay. Is it Barclay or Barclay? I want to say Barclay. They, they say like our parents gave us British money, which is an incredibly odd thing to say. And then on page 51, the taxi pulls in front of the Barclay and the, the driver says, I'll be 15 pounds, six pence. It's an expensive trip. It's an expensive trip. That's an expensive cab ride. Well, I'm just thinking about like when you get a cab or when you get something from like the airport to the center but of town. They are in London. Well, it's but a twenty-five dollar cab ride adjusted for nuts. inflation. I ha- okay. I hate when we do this, but do we need to adjust for inflation here? Uh, it is. Oh, jeezum. How much is it? Thirty-three pounds. That's fucking expensive. Not a good time to go to Britain. Yeah, but 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 now, but but the but you got to remember now's the first time you the first time in our lives we can go to to Britain. Where there's not a queen there. Oh, finally. That's what, you know what, that's what I've right? been waiting that's, for. That's the tourist attraction. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going there until there's not a lady in charge. Which, sa- which, sounds, which sounds ghoulish, but hey, I didn't make Reddit. And hey, I don't trust women. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to blame either <laughs> of you for either of those things, especially you, Danielle. Thank you. You're, you're right in your assessment of women. Thank you. They, he goes, 15 pounds... 60 pence, a $50 cab ride from the museum to the hotel, which realistically would not be very, absolutely yes. he yeah. is. Yeah, he sees a mark. He sees a mark. Oh, yeah. Even And even though they are speaking the language, he can tell they don't have an accent that says they're a local. You no. know, kind of like if you go And they got city. one of those really old-timey looking taxis. So you get those when you know you're going to pay more because you want to have like the full experience. Yeah, the real London cab experience. The real black and white London cab. Yeah. Put me in the Doctor Who box and take me back to my hotel. Let's, let's stop off for a plate of bang before you get me to see Manchester. And then I'll finish my mash. So the the kids say, okay, I don't really know what those words mean. Yeah, but here's some but money. Here's, here's <laughs> some amount of money. Is this, uh, this has got to be enough, right? And the Which guy's is always like, a dangerous thing to say to anybody you're giving money to. Just like, yeah, is like, this, is this enough? enough? Yeah, and then the guy says, no, we only take British pounds. Are you going to pay British pounds or are we going to have a problem? Now, is he threatening these children? He's threatening these children. Hey, <laughs> young, what you should have given me what well, you, you own. Or oh, I, I, we all have a problem there. And he's about to go Michael Caine on your ass. He's about oh, to go yeah, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. So that's the stress. That's, that's the horror. That's the horror element they end the chapter on. It literally says at the end of chapter 12, now are, we, are you going to pay in British pounds or are we going to have a problem? End of chapter, which which is when you would have to put your book away for history class or whatever the fuck. So 
What's scarier, a big British man with a Cockney accent you're in a car with and you don't have money to pay, or a deluge of rats? In real-world situations? Huh. In, in the In the contractual obligation that R.L. Stein made to Scholastic, we have to say the rats. But for R.L. Stein, it was probably really stressful. When he tried to give him American money, when he took his own taxi ride, when he took his trip right. to London, which he based the story on. And then yes. the cab driver chewed him out, and now he's all sore about it. Well, I like it. So in chapter 13, it picks up where it's like the the stressful situation of, oh, I can't pay this guy, which really which is, this is stressful for grownups. Yeah, yeah. For, grown for children, but they make it stressful. So it's like we run into this occasionally where we're like, was this book written with a with like teenagers in mind and not children? <laughs> right. Yeah. These adults are being pretty hostile. Yeah. To all, uh, everyone's a dick to the kid. Like everyone is completely unsympathetic like, to the plight of these children. <laughs> fucking children. I mean, like I get it. Like the kids are, uh, I think the British term is ragamuffins, but yeah. I think, I, I still don't think, I still don't think they would be so overtly hostile Especially if they can't pay. In chap yeah. it's at the beginning of chapter thirteen. So he's like, These are fake these are fake coins, they're not real British pounds. And it says the coins were large and round, they felt heavy made of real gold or silver. And then um Sue says, Why would my parents give me play money? I asked the driver. And then the, my favorite sign, he shrugged, I don't know your parents. <laughs> I, I don't know them. Not like, well, we'll we'll get it taken care of. Can yeah, just no, like, just like, I don't know your fucking parents, dude. Now pay me. I hate hey, hey Yankee. I yeah. don't fucking know your Yankee family. Doodle. Fucking give me some dandy, you little ass. They will drive by and call you a yank. That yeah. is a thing they will do. They, they will say will. that to you. What anecdote do you have regarding not being able to pay things? I was on the bus. It was late. It was fucking late as shit because I'd gone to the gym right after work. So it was like seven or eight by the time I got on the bus. And I either fell asleep or zoned out so hard that I missed my stop. Oh, no. And when I realized I had missed it, I told the bus driver and he was like, oh, <laughs> now that's a child. Now that is a good fear for a child. And I was like, no, dude, no, I, my stop, I can't. And he's like, no, you get off at the end. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. You come home with me now. Right. You're my, you're my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so he drove the rest of the route with no one else in the bus. What me. All the way to the end. I like that maybe in this taxi scenario with the kids, he's just like, you can't pay, can't get out of the taxi. And now the Tower of Terror is actually the taxi. <laughs> the taxi is the it's, terror. It's the taxi of terror. It's not even over then. Because. So, motherfucker drops me off in God knows where the fuck. And I don't have a car. And I don't, there's no such thing as Uber or Lyft. And there are definitely no people or places or things around me. It was an empty field is where the bus ended. It's so so where the but where did the bus go? The <laughs> it's bus like evaporated. Drove into the mist. And so they I so I have to call a fucking cab. And so like an hour later, a cab shows up. Does this bitch have cash? Fucking no. Why what fuck? I went to the gym. Why the fuck would I have cash? Every time I look at Danielle and I like I just point to her, I'm just like, Do you think this bitch has cash? So, Danielle, is this ending up with you had to provide sexual favors to a cabbie in order to get home? Is that so the this <laughs> is ending up with, yes, me racking up like a $500 taxi cab ride oh. fare and not having any fucking money. So what what happened when you when the when the bill came and you couldn't pay, Danielle? So I was like, so, Mr. Cab driver, it would appear that uh, I don't have any money. <laughs> 
So then I was like, okay, fine. Here, have my fucking phone and my license and I'll go inside and get money and then come back and you can give me this shit back. <laughs> I thought you were just gonna like. I thought you were just trying to trade him for the cause. Yeah, just, just take my identity. I don't know why you want it. I owe five hundred dollars to the cab company. Now you owe it to yourself, idiot. Yeah. You just got unoed. Yeah. <laughs> Reverse. Reverse. <laughs> you owe me five hundred dollars. You take his. You take his ID. He takes yours. Now I'm the cab driver. That's cool. I don't have a license in this state, but I do now. Yeah. That's it's scary. It's a scary situation when you can't pay. But like, well, so so, so give me so that's good that you said that, Danielle. Also, because in this situation, the these kids are, are all fears a child could not envision. All fears, and they, but they, they try and do it. So in chapter thirteen on the second page. Um, they do what Danielle did, which is they're like, hey, um, our parents are in the hotel. We don't have a phone and we don't have ID. They don't give them any collateral. No collateral. But it's on he, their word. They're just like, our parents are here. We're going to go and then find our parents and then we'll come back down and we'll pay you. And then the guy says, uh, in real money, if you please, the driver said, rolling his eyes, if you're not down here in five minutes, I'll come in after you. Good fucking luck, jerk. And it's like, okay. Right. You could also, like, why don't you call the police? So this is, we went from rats to the sphere of, like, I can't pay you. And the guy's basically threatening them with something nondescript. Something so, sinister. Something sinister, but not sure exactly, like, I'm going to, you're going to be my ward if I, if you don't pay me. I'll turn you into cabbies. The same thing that happened exactly. to me. Yeah, this is how cabbies are born. Yeah, I also couldn't pay my fee at one point. How do you think I became a cabbie? Exactly. Um, so they go inside and looking for mom and dad. And lo and behold amazingly enough, mom and dad ain't there. Like we didn't see that coming. Right. So chapter 14, I don't know what page it is for you, Joe, but for me, it is page 61. Yeah. So well, this page 63. So I thought hard. I couldn't remember about them with the meat because they say like, where, where are your parents? Who are your parents? Yeah. They're, they're asking for meeting. basic information to like identify <laughs> the parents at this point. Like, I don't know, man. And then it's, it's absolutely ridiculous in like 35 different ways. Um, and they go like, uh, Eddie's whispering, like, are we in the right hotel? And then, and then, uh, I guess sister is like, of course we are. Why do you keep asking these questions? Why do you keep asking if this is the right room? Right and he's like, cause nothing makes sense. And it's like, okay. Then he looks at the camera. Real bummer. <laughs> Like and, then, and then they go like, well, we're in, what, what room are you in finally? The, the most basic stop is like, we're in 626. Um, and then the clerk's like, yeah, room's vacant. And, <laughs> and so like, Eddie's like, nah, but, but no, no. And then the guy's like, all right, what's your last name? And the kid's like, uh, oh, uh, he just hands him the money that he's trying to give the taxi driver. I guess, I guess, I guess you're the goosebumps now. Yeah. And so they're 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 shaking and crying. And honestly, this is another one where this is horror for adults. <laughs> uh, the end of that chapter. Uh, end of the chapter. Finally, we get to this. Is the big the big twist? Is he's <laughs> like finally? Like, thank God. Yeah. So it's it's they ask their names and it's this very sad like and it's honestly kind of anxiety inducing at oh, the end yeah. where he's like, "What's your last name?" Uh, I had a strange tingly feeling that started at the back of my neck and ran all the way down my body. I suddenly felt as if I couldn't breathe, as if my heart had stopped. My last name. My last name. Why couldn't I remember my last name? I could feel my body start to shake. Tears brimmed in my eyes. This was so upsetting. Yeah, bro, it is. My 
My name is Sue. I told myself, Sue. Have you ever like had that happen to you? Were you? I, I mean, yes, I have Danielle as an adult who has every so often taken stock of where they are in their life and what they do with their time. Yeah. That's not a child's fear. Not at <laughs> to all. To just wake up and have a complete existential yeah, meltdown. No. Amnesia is a grown-up problem. Yes. Not, not, I mean, yes, kids can have it, but like, it's, a, it's not the same sort of like impact. So to further, to further our little theory... Was there a moment in R.L. Stein's vacation he when he thought, what the fuck am I even doing with my life? What is my name? What the, who the fuck am I? This is, this is a, a spiraling kind of situation for a grown up. It's like, I can't pay. I lost my tour group. I'm be, there's rats everywhere. I can't pay my taxi fee. And I forgot my last name. Yeah. Yeah. That's so it's, it's like, it's like. It's like those are all like minor inconveniences, but to a person who has nothing else to latch on to, <laughs> yeah. a big deal. And then the realization that these are your stresses is also uh, terrifying in its yeah. own way. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. For adults. Yes. At this point now, the story is like, well, now what? So <laughs> <laughs> what do we the do story's now? Like, and... And okay. see? And yeah, are we done here? <laughs> so we have to move it along to a new scene. So now the kids are like, the, so basically they're like, okay, well, just chill out, kids. Go have a snack. And what? <laughs> yeah, they they send the kids to the 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 guy the the concierge basically says, hey, go to this dining area, go have some food because the kids, you look hungry, you look like ragamuffins. Um, and we're gonna like figure out your whole parent thing, which is the most realistic thing that was that has happened so far. Let's, yeah, kids. let's call the police and um, the embassy. Yeah, let's call somebody. Go have it. Go have a snack. We'll take care of you. At this point, the kids are eating, and who should appear um, in chapter fifteen? But the guy that we left holding the check out in the front of the uh, oopsie <laughs> out of the front of the hotel. You know how many liters of petrol he's going to need to oh, get? Oh man, so many. They so they're eating and all of a sudden who should show up at the very end of chapter 15 the taxi driver we have forgotten all about him he's now chasing he's now after the kids he the he is now the principal villain yes. <laughs> not the not the spooky caped man nope where are the rats he, this him? guy is now the scariest thing in the book yeah so they run from taxi man and then they uh, Judd Hirsch <laughs> <laughs> and then they run at the uh, end of chapter 17 they run into who is it again. The man who had his hat eaten by rats. Oh, he's back. He's back. God the Cape Crusader Zorro. The Cape Crusader Zorro. Antonio Banderas is back. Fucking useless ass rats. And what happens next is the thing that we keep expecting to happen for the entire book mm -hmm. is we're transported back in time. Fucking finally. The man uses these three rocks to basically do a spell. And I don't know what you were picturing, but I was picturing him like sort of like juggling them and then catching them in his mouth and like rolling them around in his mouth and that's how the And then he works. spits them at the kids it hits them in the forehead yeah, and, and they, they go back, back in time. time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like watermelon seats. Yeah. Yeah. End of chapter 17. He chanted the words. The hallway began to shimmer. The doors began to wiggle and bend as if made of rubber. The floor buckled and swayed. The cape man began to shimmer and bend too. Ooh, these kids are tripping. <laughs> the hallway throbbed with the blinding white light. I felt a sharp stab of pain as if something had, if I'd been hit hard in the stomach, I couldn't breathe. Everything went black. Black. So they're now back in the past. They're inside of Ye Old Hotel instead of Ye Modern Hotel. Yeah, good thing it's real, real old hotel. Well, it's a, at the at the time, Danielle. This hotel was a was an abbey apparently. So 
They're now surrounded by candlelight and chapter 20. They run into probably one of the most confounding scenes in the book, which again is sort of like a, you don't have to do your research, Arl Stein. This is on page 81. Yeah. (laughs) And chapter 20. God fucking damn it. Are you looking, does it start with a hole? Is that what you're looking at? Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't it all? Doesn't it always? That's where it starts. I grabbed Eddie's arm and stared in shock around the enormous room. Two blazing fireplaces provided the only light. People in strange costumes sat on low benches. A whole deer or elk was turning on a spit, roasting over a fire in the center of the floor. What? The tables were piled high with food, meats, whole whole cabbages. What? Who wants? No one takes a cabbage out of the ground and is like, it's sir. Hard. Whole potatoes. Whole fucking potatoes. Whole ones. Yeah, because, you know, you pick up the potato. And foods I didn't recognize, like... Spotted dick <laughs> and blood sausage and beans on toast. Beans on just fucking beans everywhere. I didn't see any plates or chicken tikka. Uh, I didn't see any plates or serving platters. The food was just strewn over. So okay, ancient Britain is not Vikings. What yes. the fuck are you talking? That's about? exactly That's what like, we said. Like the time period is extremely. Okay, I looked it up again because I, I, I was like, because I think we weren't sure we're reading it. I was like, what year does this take place? It takes place in the 15th century in the middle of London. Okay, well, first of all, they already had uh, wooden utensils at that point. Okay, Second they all, had fucking a city at that point. Yes, they had like a city and, and kitchens instead of just, you know, roasting a deer in the middle of the hall with no ventilation, for example. We've walked into this isn't this isn't Assassin's Creed Syndicate. This is Assassin's Creed Valhalla that we've just been transported. Yeah, we've into. gone back way too far. But like, so, so are these common folk they're around. Yeah, I guess, I guess. That, that makes even less yeah, sense. Because why would they have a big old feast? Although this is a this is a Viking feast hall with yeah. a whole deer or elk, just the whole yeah. thing, which you know, easy to find. In yeah, those parts. They, they didn't they didn't cut it up or get the meat part. Oh. Like, it's like RL side was just like, well, they do that to pigs. Exactly. You just. You put it in from asshole to face. <laughs> yeah, how would how would the old London? Would they eat pigs? I don't think they'd eat pigs. What would they probably put on a spit? A whole about, deer? Uh, a Tory. A Tory. <laughs> isn't, that, yeah. isn't that a good political joke? Yes. I actually don't know anything about Britain or politics. Well, I that is so it's chapter 20, it's like the third page in. It's uh, they're like the kids are confounded. They say, quote, they're all eating with their hands. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's okay. <laughs> he was right. I didn't see any silverware at the tables. Two chickens squawking loudly fluttered across the floor, oh. chased by a large brown dog. Where the <laughs> hell are we? <laughs> this is inside a building. This is inside a building. This is not outside at like at, at like a farm. So, okay, so when I think of the past, I do think piles of completely unprepared food. <laughs> yes. Just raw, raw vegetables. Just just yes. on tables, indoor fire, and then yeah, farm animals just abound. It gets better as it goes. Uh, better than one, this, Jeff? I don't see how that's possible, because what you've described is already perfect. In one corner, a man appeared to be wearing an entire bear skin. <laughs> he stood beside a giant wooden barrel working a spigot, filling metal cups with a thick brown liquid that oozed from the barrel. Two children in rags played tag under one of the long tables. I Were they still in, in the... An- Abbey? abbey. Yes, they're inside. This is a room. This is not what abbeys do. This is not an abbey no. anymore. No. Unless the term abbey was just like 
communal gathering place, which they would just call that an inn, a tavern, a bar. Exactly. So they're in this room. They 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 get seen and then chased out because people recognize them for some reason. They do not say. Yeah, no, they just say it's them. It's them, and then chase them, and then stop after about like two. Hallways. And then they're tired. They're like, oh, never mind. Clearly, the, clearly they're royalty. How do you know? Look how clean they are. Yes, yeah. too clean. Yeah, they're also wearing radically that, different clothing. That is Very a Monty weak. Python joke for sure. Yes. <laughs> how do you know he's the king? Hasn't got shit on him. Chapter 22, we finally get, they're outside finally. Everything has changed, they say. Yeah, it's a brand um, new day. Brand new day. It's daytime. The tall buildings, this is first page of chapter 22. The tall buildings that disappeared too. The road was dotted with small white cottages and flat roofs and low wooden shacks built without doors or windows. Ugh. Also, God. not accurate. Uh, it was a tall mound of straw stood beside the nearest cottage. Chickens clucked. And wait, wait. Okay, I'm sorry. We can't. Why? We can't. I got. <laughs> Why? No doors. No windows. Is it even a building? <laughs> like, how do you go into it or out? Is this a cubicle? Is that what we've got? Yeah, well, they finally say it. Uh, Eddie's like, what's going on? And Sue's like, it's like we step back in time <sighs> to a very inaccurate time period. <laughs> to a time period completely of R.L. Stein's imagining. Yeah, and then and then we get, so we we're getting all this, and this is uh, probably kind of like the end of like the ridiculousness of the scene, but they're looking at all the stuff outside, the big, tall hay pile, the buildings without doors or windows, which I bring guess... Bring out are, your dead! Bring, bring out, out your dead! <laughs> which, uh, if that was what was happening, they wouldn't have had a big feast. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I looked it up. This In the 15th century, that's when the bubonic plague was also an issue. Yeah, so big big feasts weren't a big popular thing. Yeah. Um, the hotel was gone, and the place stood a low, low building built of brown stone, which is the abbey. I'm very mixed up, says Eddie. <laughs> Me too, I confessed. Uh, I Me hear, too, said Joe. <laughs> I could hear cows moving nearby, and then here's here's the thing that pissed me off. This is downtown London. <laughs> like, okay, what? The cows tipped you off? I told I <laughs> I told myself, I can how can I hear cows in downtown London? Where are all the tall buildings, the cars and taxis and double decker buses? Oh that God. guy's Jack the Ripper. Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> so this whole scene is supposed to be downtown London. And again, you don't have to do all the research, but downtown London in the 15th century was like urban. Yes. It was quite urban. <laughs> So the next couple of chapters is what you would expect from kids out of time now, which is them basically guffawing at everything around them. <laughs> pointing and laughing, pointing and laughing. And then like, you know, having interactions with like a couple of people nearby that are like, good day. And they're like, are you a traveler? This is chapter uh, 22 still at the very end. They see a boy with blue eyes. Yes, my brother and I are lost. We can't find our hotel. Hotel? What's a hotel? It's this whole fucking thing. Uh, oh, what man. is this? That was exhausting to even listen to. Yeah, and it goes nowhere. I do not know these foreign words, he said finally. <laughs> it's so, so tropey and stupid. Got, got it. You can't break character. <laughs> right? Don't laugh. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. That that would have been an M. Night Shyamalan ending to this, is that this Whoa. is all like a... So, a that, so, so that's... so Okay. Now, I haven't read this, but you have to tell me. <laughs> it never turned out that they just never left the tower. No, and no this they, was an elaborate. Like, yes. Okay. That is the problem then. Because that's what you need. Yeah. You need the for twist. Any of this. Yes. yes. That's where the excitement is. Although what's about to happen next is my favorite thing. Yes. Ever. Well, yeah, it's it's this is the most real shit that happens 
that and until and, so, and then it's the end. It's great. So <laughs> so Eddie goes missing all of a sudden. She he's just gone. He just runs off. Like it literally like Sue's like, hey, look at this weird little there's another chicken. And then she looks behind her and Eddie's just no oh, longer there. Just vaporized. Out. Um she's then guess who pops back up again? Is it the Taxi guy? It should have been the taxi it's guy. The that taxi would have been man. What's his money? Is it Scatman Carruthers? It's Scatman Carruthers. <laughs> Ye old Scatman Carruthers. Um, so uh, the the man in the cloak, and I guess he doesn't have a hat anymore. It got eaten by rats, Jeff, in the rats. future. Except Keep up. The rats got yeah. Him. Yeah. Uh, starts to, he, she sees him and he starts looking for her. She's like, oh, no. So chapter uh, 24. Blimey. Oh, blimey. Jinkas. Chapter 24, this is uh, page 98 for me. I ducked between two small cottages and nearly ran into a large red-headed woman carrying a baby. The baby was swaddled in a heavy gray blanket. Stop describing the baby. <laughs> Startled the woman. We squeezed. don't need to know anything about the baby. <laughs> no, more about the baby. Startled the woman squeezed the baby to her chest. You gotta hide me. I cried breathlessly. There's a taxi driver after me. Uh, go away. Go away from me. The woman replied. She seemed more frightened than unfriendly. Please, I begged. He's chasing me. Please don't let him catch me, I pleaded. Hide me, hide me. The woman had her eyes on the black cape man. She turned to me and shrugged her broad shoulders. I cannot, she said. <laughs> uh, that just ends, chapter 24. Yep, that's it. Well, all right. Chapter 25, um, finally, we get the money to get used is uh, Sue pulls out all those coins she couldn't pay the taxi driver with. And was just like, here, I, she, uh, beginning of chapter 25, here, I cried, take them, take them all. Just hide me, please. I jammed the coins into the woman's free hand. She raised her hand to examine them. Her eyes bulged and her mouth dropped open. <laughs> Gold sovereigns, she exclaimed in a hushed voice. Gold now sovereigns. Uh, now, hold on. <laughs> now, that can't be true. <laughs> cab driver, fucking London cabbie turning down gold. <laughs> no, no, hang on. Now listen, I didn't listen. I know I didn't really read this, but that cannot be what it says. <laughs> gold sovereigns. What? I don't know. What is gold sovereigns? Is that an actual thing? Okay, so in Skyrim, <laughs> coins were called sovereigns. Oh, you finally but, woken but up. Also, ah, uh, oh, finally awake, Trout. See, the, okay, see, now that would have been a good ending. But, okay, so, the, yeah, so Danielle's point. I don't care who the fuck you are. You don't really care about the currency if someone hands you a gold coin. Yes. Someone drops a chunk of gold in your fucking you hand. You can feel the weight of that shit. Yeah, you could bite down on it, This is a, This is not a wooden nickel. No. This is a golden this is a sovereign. Fucking chunk of gold. So so she she gave her, she's like, Will you take these gold sovereigns? Yeah, so she just shoves it at this woman. Take take this money, take me. The woman Is this money? Yeah. The woman she dropped the coins into her dress, the way she, then she shoved me through the door, the open doorway of her little cottage, which can you call it a doorway? It's just a hole. <laughs> Shove me through she her said, hole. They, no, Jeff, we agreed. There were no doorways. There are no doorways. <laughs> it smelled of fish inside, which I don't know why. There's I don't no even got to get into I like that. Nothing. You're just being mean. Now you're just being rude. I saw three cots on the floor beside a bare hearth. Quickly, or hearth. Quickly, into the kindling basket, the woman instructed. It's empty. She pushed me again toward a large straw box with a lid. My heart pounding, I pushed up the lid and scrambled inside. On my hands and knees, I crouched on the rough straw at the bottom of the box. Uh, and then we get to we get to the end of chapter 25, which is the greatest thing that has ever happened. The most real <laughs> shit. Danielle, I would love it if you could read, starting with I held my breath. I could hear voices outside the cottage, the woman's voice, and then the booming deep voice of the black caped man. I held my breath so I could hear their words over the loud beating of my heart. She's right in here, sire, the woman said. I heard footsteps. 
And then their voices became louder, closer. They were standing beside my basket. Where is she? The caped man demanded. I put her in a box for you, sign. The woman replied, she's all wrapped up for you, ready to take you away. And then she just... <laughs> she just gives her to the yep, two. She's, like, Here's the, she's in a little basket. Here she goes. Fucking made out with some gold sovereigns. She is... If they should have made it where she's like the... the the great, 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 great grandmother of the taxi driver. <laughs> that would be amazing. One day my offspring will drive a small little baby, baby cart. So she takes her money. She's like, I'll hide you. And yeah. then she's just then like, she's, like right here. she's fucking right here, bro. Right here. I just made like, out. Yeah, cash on delivery, idiot. <laughs> it's so great. She's just like, no, no second thought. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no. So that so after that she just gets taken to the tower. <laughs> yes. So this yes. whole thing, this whole thing, <laughs> was unnecessary. Or else I was like, how do I get? Okay, how do I get her back? I to called the tower? it night in terror tower. <laughs> <laughs> I can't just have the tower in one scene. That's well, hardly problem, a night. It's, it's now daytime though. It's I can't call it daytime. Yeah, it's not night anymore. So so he literally was just like, how do I get the kids back to the tower? He's just like Eddie. Uh, he's just uh, he's disappeared. He'll he'll end up there, and then he. Just, <laughs> Don't worry about him later. Don't worry about him yeah, later. And then yeah. with Sue, he's just like, oh, this woman fucks him over. It's fine. So literally, that it's just like the next chapter is the the ride to the tower, and then she gets thrown in the tower. And guess who's waiting there? It's Eddie, because Eddie was apparently just snatched up. I tripped. I tripped on a hole in the plot, and I just ended up here. Yep. I don't know what happened. I fell right through it. So chapter twenty eight, we finally get to. The end of the book is. It's also the the part where Joe realized this fucking goosebumps had twenty eight goddamn chapters. Right? For me, it's more. It's like thirty something. So unnecessary. Yeah. So, uh, chapter twenty eight. Both Eddie and Sue are now back up in that tower, but instead of being in nineteen ninety three times, it is now in fourteen something something times. <laughs> fourteen question mark. And somebody enters. First. Uh, First start of chapter 28, a white-haired man stepped. So at this point, we're like, okay, we're back in time. Um, we don't have, we, you can guess there's a prince and princess, but a white-haired man stepped into the room. His hair was wild and long and fell in thick tangles behind his shoulders. He had a short white beard that ended in a sharp point. He wore a purple robe that flowed down to the floor. His eyes were as purple as his robe. You have returned, he said solemnly. His voice was smooth and low. His purple eyes suddenly revealed sadness. So, no, it's going to be like, ah, you've returned, huh? Ah, nice. you've returned. Yes. Huh, finally awake, huh? Ah. And then two pages later, for me, it is page 113. The yeah, old man's there's a hands, lot of bit of banter that's not really... A lot of back and forth. The old man's hands disappeared into the deep pockets of his robe. Perhaps I should introduce myself, he said. Perhaps you should. Yeah, now's a good time to introduce a new character, I think. <laughs> My name is Morgred. I am the king's sorcerer. Cool. Oh, Eddie, and, and Eddie's response? You do magic tricks. <laughs> to which, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, so it's like you do magic tricks to which the old man says, no, tricks Wrong. are what a whore does for money. <laughs> or cocaine. The last page of chapter 28 finally we get the fucking see that nothing surprising happens with what they seeded earlier. It literally is you are Edward and Susanna. Margaret replied, you are the prince and princess of York and you've been ordered to the tower by your uncle, the king. So uh, chapter 29, uh, Margaret says, I cast a spell. This is uh, for me, page uh, 115, chapter Which 29. Which is at this point, the least unrealistic yeah, thing. Like, at yeah. this point, I'm not going to argue. I'm like, fine, fine. You cast 
Fine. I don't care. I erased your memories. You were locked in this tower. I wanted you to escape. First, I whisked you away to the safety of the Abbey, where they were cooking elk and shit on a whole spit. <laughs> then I sent you as far into the future as I could. The far off year of 1993. 1993. <laughs> like, where did you get that? Which, at this point, Eddie and Suzanne are just like, it's not true. It's not true. Why wouldn't you think that's true at this point? I mean, you've seen a lot of shit. Because what's more likely, Jeff? Time travel or... They, they just forgot that they were, you know, modern people. You know, it happens. I forgot that I was born in medieval times. I just, you know, sometimes it slips the your re- mind. The, res- the restaurant. The restaurant, yeah. The restaurant, yeah. I mean, the restaurant. But same thing. There were knights and horses, the whole thing. Well, see, this is my point. Like, it should have been. That's what it should have been. It should have been like a fake. That's the only way this is anything. Yes. It's just, it's just nonsense without well, that. It's, it's, it's boring. It's boring in the way that it's just like, oh, they're going to do this. Yeah. They did that. Like it literally, he's, he says on, again, like the next page in chapter 28, when I sent you to the far future, I gave you new memories. <laughs> but like, only like of the last day. But only like just, uh, but only <laughs> like, which, uh, okay, listen. That's the plot of Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> your, you, your, your, brain, your brain fills in the gaps in yes. your memory to make it coherent. But the, the key word there is coherent. Yeah. So he gave them six hours of memory for a time period that I guess you could be like, that maybe he knows. Apparently he knows. He but, knows? So, so, but also he gave them like enough context information to understand things like. American culture. Pay, like payment. Why did you make them American? To yeah, understand right? the concept of, okay, like, how fucking bonkers is the idea of a tour group? He gave you a yeah. fucking accent, man. To a to a person from medieval London. A yes. tour. A tour of of things that aren't even there yet. He knows will, what buses will, are. He knows what yeah, yeah, drivers are. At like, take someone hotels. from the 15th century. I'm going to give you a tour of our house. You're going to give me a fucking what? <laughs> well, he's he says, I gave you the memories, um... So you could survive in a new and distant time, but the memories were not complete. And also they couldn't have survived with those memories. No, without like an adult. They had the weirdest patchwork of knowledge and memory that has ever been assembled. Like what he's thinking of, like he's thinking of the old times, which is like send him to the future. They'll survive. Why not send him to fucking Ohio? (laughs) Exactly. Send him somewhere else. It's just the, I get stuck on the, you sent them to the future with new memories to survive. I guess they were going to be street rats. Like, is that just what was your plan? Scoundrel. Uh, so, so this this is this information is hitting them pretty hard. Obviously, it's a lot to take in if you're twelve, especially when you don't do like a like an insight check to make yeah. sure, <laughs> or a history check. Here's the weird thing, and this is just like, and it's just a nitpicky thing. So he's like, I would send you as far into the future as possible. That seems like the least good thing to do. Send them like. 10 years into the future. Yeah, like far into the future. Send just... them to yesterday. Yeah, send, yeah. Them, send them just like away a little bit and then you can find them. Exactly, send them to the past and then save them there. Send them to 1993. <gasps> and then maybe like, and Eddie could have been like the, the high executioner as a grown up or something. Oh, or, or, or send them back to when, to before their parents met, and now that's what they have to do is make their parents meet, or they're going to disappear from a big portrait, kind of like a reverse story in gray. Yeah, or they're going to fade out of their portrait over the fire. It's going to be a it takes two situation or a parent trap. It's going to be a parent sure. trap situation. 
So, um, Morgan continued to, okay, so the second page of chapter 30, Morgan continued a story in a whisper, when I cast a spell that sent you to the future, because he's a sorcerer, remember. Sure. When I cast a spell that sent you to the future, I used three white stones to cast a spell, which sure. we've seen previously used by the high executioner chasing the kids. Later, he, the, the high executioner, stole the stones and performed the spell himself. So, I guess being a sorcerer isn't really anything. No, it's, if anybody can just fucking well, you just do it. some fucking rocks. It's not, yeah, it's not so much like a skill as no. it is just like... Anybody could do it. Hey, like, it's like a station at a restaurant, like... Go make your own magic. Yeah. 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 Make your own magic. That's good, Daniel. Thank you. So, Morgrid's like, well... Unfortunately, kids, just to get to the end of this now, because goddamn. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, the kids are like, can you do it again? Margaret's like, nah. <laughs> He's like, uh, hey, man. Gotta hey. go. Yeah, this is a uh, One page. per day, motherfuckers. <laughs> All right. He returned the three stones to the pocket of his robe. Then he uttered a long and happy sigh. It is my fondest wish to help you, children, he whispered. But if I help you escape again, the king will torture me and put me to a painful death. And then I will not be able to use my magic to help all the people of Britain. And with a happy sigh, so, he left. And with, a, and with a hey, trolley, lolly, lolly, tum, tum, tum. <laughs> he skipped out and then he gave him the double finger. Bird. He, he gave him the double finger as he left. Yep. I and tried to help you. But, but you fucked fuck it, it up. I gotta look out for a number one. How am I gonna? How can you rescue someone else if you can't first rescue yourself? Exactly. You, know? you put on your own mask before you put on the mask of your child. Thank you, Danielle. Yeah. yeah. So he he bails and uh, <laughs> he bails. <laughs> he bails on the kids and just leaves them up there. And then the door is slightly ajar and uh, someone's coming up now. Uh, chapter thirty-two. Um, at the end of chapter thirty-one, they can hear footsteps. They're coming with those pillowcases. Oh, yeah. Here come the pillowcases. Here comes the smothering. And Eddie is super chill about it. because Yeah, he's ready to die. I'm he's ready, ready to die. I'm ready. I'm ready for this book to be over. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie, because if you didn't remember, he is a pickpocket. Yes, that's right. You might have forgotten. You might have forgotten. He's pickpocketed the stones a couple times previously from the, from the from high the executioner, executioner yeah. and did nothing with them. Nope. But this time he, he pickpocketed them from Morgrid uh, and... The door slid open. At last page of chapter 32, Edward had out the glowing stones and called out, Movarum, Lavaris, Mavaris, followed by the year we had come from, which I guess is a spell. Okay. <laughs> Mavarum, yeah. Lavaris, Mavaris, 1993. 1994. But I guess months doesn't matter. I don't really know. No. Uh, the glowing stones exploded in a flash of white light. I the light faded quickly. I glanced around. Oh, Edward, I willed the disappointment. It didn't work. We're still in the tower. Well, yeah, no shit. Dip. Oh, my God. No oh, my shit, dip-ass. What do you think it would be? <laughs> Listen, dickhead. And then the door swung open, and who is it? Chapter 33, the tour group. <gasps> the spell worked perfectly. We were back in the tower. Back in the 21st century. Back no, in the tower as tourists. No fucking way. And that's basically it, right? That's basically it. I'm going to say it's the very last piece for Danielle's ending. It. But yeah, so, so uh, literally uh, it is, it is, they're back where they, they're back where they started. Yep. Still alone. Still, still alone. But now, now seemingly with time magic. So I guess they're ahead. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Literally. <laughs> so I'm going to do this then because I didn't contribute as much as I wanted to because I didn't do the reading, obviously. But obviously. what I will do, because we've been using the term a lot and I don't want anyone to feel nervous, I did look up the definition of the word ragamuffin. Okay. Yes. It is a dirty, messy child in torn clothes. Now, <laughs> what's great, though is they have several examples <gasps> of the use of the word ragamuffin oh, in yes, sentences. Yes, yes, yes. This one's from The Verge. <clears throat> but the unhappy, soot-glazed ragamuffin displayed in the accompanying image looks 
anything but that way. I guess so they're describing a picture. Glazed. It it did. Uh, here's one from Variety. It's amazing. It does nothing to rethink the cliches of fictional orphanages with wicked headmistresses, thin gruel, and ragamuffins clothed in filthy, ill-fitting hand-me-downs. <laughs> well, it was either ragamuffins or little shits. Now here's here's another one. The ragamuffin has stripped off. Oh. Ragamuffinhood oh itself. Oh my, I like that one. And therewith has therewith has ceased to be what he was, a ragamuffin. <laughs> Where the fuck is this from? I love it. The way that it sounds like is that they were knighted as a ragamuffin <laughs> <laughs> and they like they shed they their, their their ragamuffin knighthood to be like a regular person. Synonyms for ragamuffin include oopsie daisy. <laughs> You could call someone an oopsie daisy? Oh, I think it's a, re- a phrase for a child. <laughs> okay. Like an accidental baby? Yeah. <laughs> that, like, that one's uh, my oopsie like, daisy. Like, you know, Ka- uh, Karen and Danny spent a weekend in the hills and they came back with a little oopsie daisy. <laughs> and here she is now, 10 years old. Got a little oopsie daisy on the inside of my pants here. Oops. Oopsies. Oopsies. Thank you to the Bad Dog Party for the use of our theme song, Bad Dream, off of the album Hit and Run. It is a wonderful song by a wonderful band. You can check it out at dogpartylive.com and dogparty.bandcamp.com. Geese Bumps is one piece of comedy content from the Mom Hat Comedy Crew. You can check out all the cool stuff we do at mom-hat.com. That's mommy-hat.com. Uh, Jeff does TikToks and Instagram mini videos of all their content now, and it's very funny. Yeah, they're fun to do. Short, short form content is is bite seeds, bite size. Hey, short on form, big on flavor. Big on flavor. It's like it's like you only get one Dorito in the bag, but that Dorito is caked with that powder. If that Dorito is the Urrito, from yeah. which all other Doritos are but a pale copy. The Urrito. Yeah. The Origerito. <laughs> OG Rito? Well now now well now, Jeff, that is legend. OG Rito. So I guess the only thing left is for us to uh, who not only for Danielle to read the last bit of the book, but uh, to give us that last twist. So I guess you could start with, um, I guess, I guess we so know the just, answer. Hey, Danielle, here's what we'll do. Start on p- chapter 32. Okay. Start with page 128. Okay. Uh, is like uh, the chapter that starts with the tour group started. You know yes. which one I'm talking about. Yes. Okay. Uh, the store, the tour. Oh, no, group- that's, that's after, that's after a reveal. We don't need that last reveal, Jeff. Oh, we didn't even talk about it. <laughs> uh, what, is, what is it? Uh, it was that they escaped. Is that it? Well, no, that Morgrid's, Morgrid came through time with them. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they have a fun new grandpa now. Uh, fun gramp time. Uh, okay. The tour group started out of the tower room and we followed. Eddie pulled the white stones from his jeans pocket and began juggling them. <laughs> He had a little little monkey with a little little jack in the box. Uh, if I hadn't followed, if I hadn't borrowed these from your robe, he told Mister Morgan, because that's his name now. Yeah, it's not Margaret, it's Mister Morgan. That tour guide would be telling a very different story, wouldn't she? Yes, she would. The sorcerer replied thoughtfully, "A very different story, and I was so close, almost had it." Let's get out of here, I cried. I never want to see this tower again. I'm starving, Eddie exclaimed. I suddenly realized I was starving too. Shall I perform a food spell? Mr. Morgan suggested. Eddie and I each let out a loud groan. 
I think I've had enough spells to last a lifetime, I said. How about we go to Burger Palace for some good old 20th century hamburgers and fries? You're welcome. My name is Jojo. I have a PhD. (laughs) My name is Danielle. I have a PhD. My name is Jeff, and I can't pay the taxi driver. Damn it. This has been Geesebumps, a Did You Mean Goosebumps podcast. And until next time, stay out of the basement. Just like somebody I used to.